the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So there's a phrase out there. uh, They said the quiet part out loud. And for a long time, uh, the left would not say the quiet part out loud. Somewhere around the time Barack Obama was in the White House, probably, I think it's second term when it began. I started to notice that leftists, Marxists, Democrats, media, academia, but I repeat myself, were willing to start saying the quiet part out loud. Now they're screaming the quiet part out loud. Now they're putting the quiet part on tape and they're shoving it in your face because they have finished phased one, two, and three of their satanic plan. Phase one, tolerate us. Yeah, we're LGBTQ, we're different, we know you don't understand us, you think it's weird, you think it's perverted, probably because Romans 1 through 18 to the end of the chapter says it is, but just tolerate us, okay? We're not going to ask for anything, we're not going to ask for marriage, we're not going to ask to adopt kids, we're not going to put ourselves in your kids' faces, Just, just tolerate us, okay? Phase one, complete. Then it became, accommodate us. Oh, well, they tolerated us. I bet we could get them to accommodate us. I bet we could get them to allow us to get married and have the same family leave. I bet we could adopt children. I bet we could start to kind of announce ourselves out there. We could hold, like, pride parades. Maybe we could have a pride week. What do you think? Think Think we could get away with a pride week? Maybe they'll accommodate us. And they did. And then we got to phase three. Well, I mean, if we got over the baby hurdle of tolerate and we got over the moderately higher hurdle of accommodate, I bet we could clear that third hurdle, which is celebrate. Oh, celebrate us. Come on, man. You got to get on board. Like, you're not not anti-gay, are you? Well, I'm not anti-anybody, but I'm anti-sin and I'm pro-family and... I'm pro-you. See, a compassionate person doesn't let anyone else wallow in their own dysfunction. Because no matter how much you tell me you're happy, I see you going through multiple partners and just from your countenance, you don't look happy. You look miserable. (laughs) Well, that's not celebrating us. They got to the point where they could cancel you if you didn't celebrate them. Well, now they've gotten to the point where so many people are celebrating them. I mean, we got parents taking kids to drag shows. They're family-friendly. There's no harm in that, right? Pride Week became Pride Month. Oh. We got preferred pronouns and rainbow flags all over our business email signatures. Check. Tolerate. Check. Accommodate. Celebrate. So we're going foot to the floorboard 
right into indoctrinate us. Indoctrinate us into everything. Put us in the highest annals of government. In fact, how about if we make the first female four-star admiral a dude? How about if we do that? How about if we have our transportation secretary be a dude who wags his finger while quoting scripture at how tolerant he is and you aren't? How about if we put a freak with a sexual fetish for both men and puppies? How about if we put him in charge of the disposal of nuclear waste? Sure, he steals a lot of luggage that's not his, but... You're not going to try to cancel him, are you? So we're fully into the indoctrinate phase, and that's why we have Target putting satanic gay merchandise at the front of its stores. Now people started to notice, and Target has moderately adjusted. Oh, they're moving the merchandise to the back of the store. Oh, wow. Nobody goes to the back of a Target. What a concession by Target. Would you like to know what the CEO of Target said on a recent Fortune magazine podcast. They asked him about any kind of a backlash out there, about their pride collection, about their live, laugh, lesbian initiative. And he said that uh, marketing these kinds of products are good for business and, I quote, the right thing for society. That's why they were selling bathing suits that had, and I quote, extra crotch coverage so that males could tuck their genitalia out of sight so they could masquerade as women. Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target, said of the woke capitalism that Target is practicing, I just think those are good business decisions. It's the right thing for the society, and it's great for our brand. Well, hopefully it won't be great for your brand, Brian. Hopefully your brand will get bud-lighted. And what I've done for 10 years, not spend a dollar in Target, other people will do. Oh, but do you think that lesson will be learned? Apparently not. Here is a commercial running right now on social media and presumably in other avenues from the North Face. Now, I've seen North Face merchandise out there. It looks like it's uh, a pretty popular brand. Hopefully, it'll be a less popular brand after this commercial, which is... You're about to hear a drag queen, a dude with a mustache, dressed in all rainbow colors, with long, flowing red hair. Allow him to expose his deviancy. Hi, it's me, Patagonia, a real-life homosexual. And today, I'm here with the North Face. We are here to invite you to come out in nature with us wow this is nice we like to call this little tour the summer of pride this tour has everything hiking community art lesbians lesbians making art okay sorry i can't keep my lunch down if i keep going with that so the battle is real and you need to be armed to fight it so let me read you some truth from a Jason Whitlock column. Whitlock is with the Blaze. I've known Jason for, I don't know, 30 years. Uh, Jason is a guy who has very clearly had the hand of God fall upon him to direct his considerable 
communication gifts, spoken and written, toward fighting for the truth of the Bible. And Jason Whitlock is writing about the Los Angeles Dodgers bending to criticism for shutting out an anti-Catholic organization that mocks God, mocks Jesus, mocks religion by dressing as Catholic nuns and cavorting around. I can't even describe. I was hesitant to even retweet the video that I saw of this group. So the Dodgers, of course, took criticism. Oh, what are you, what are you, anti-gay? No, we're anti-Christian, so they're welcome. Come on in, freaks. And Jason Whitlock writes, The LGBTQIA plus alphabet mafia can fly their mission-accomplished flag above the sports world. They've won. Yesterday, the Dodgers officially surrendered on behalf of the wide world of sports. The Dodgers apologized to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a group of gay men who mock religious faith. Jason quotes the Dodgers' statement, After much thoughtful feedback from our diverse communities, honest conversations with the Los Angeles Dodgers organization, and generous discussions with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, have we genuflected enough yet? Do you forgive us? The Dodgers would like to offer our sincerest apologies to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, members of the LGBTQ plus community, and their friends and families. Oh, my goodness. Never apologize, people. Never apologize. And they go on to talk about how they're welcome on their Pride Night on June 16th. Maybe there'll be an earthquake that night. Wouldn't be a shock, would it? Uh, Jason Whitlock goes on to write about who started organized sports. He said it wasn't the lesbians, gays, bisexuals, transgenders. It was the Young Men's Christian Association, the YMCA. And he goes on to point out that the left co-ops everything. YMCA has become known as a gay anthem by the village people. And he goes on to talk about Catholic youth organizations leading the charge to integrate sports, the CYO in Chicago. He says Jackie Robinson likely would have never played Major League Baseball if he had not been welcomed into a CYO organization. I'll put this on the Bruce Hooley Show Facebook page. You should read it. Arm yourself with the truth. Uh, There apparently is a limit to what uh, woke professors can get away with. Uh, Hunter College professor Shelly Ann Rodriguez has been fired. Uh, She was not fired for walking up to a pro-life display and throwing the materials back at the kids who had the courage to stand there and advocate for life. She was only fired when the New York Post went to her apartment, knocked on her door to ask her, about why she assaulted the kids. And she came out of her apartment and held a machete to the neck of a New York Post reporter. Oh, if you've asked yourself before, boy, is there a limit to what the left will allow? Apparently, although I don't expect this to last very much longer, holding a machete to a New York Post reporter's neck is apparently over the line at this point in time. There is no end, though to Democratic policies ruining cities and making you scratch your head or just cry out in frustration. Staying in New York City. Let me bring you the story of an ex-con on parole for raping and killing a child. His name is Charles Rowe. He's 56 years old. He murdered a 10-year-old girl in 1987. He's out. 
on parole. Has been for quite some time. He's been racking up quite a few charges ever since he has been out. He raped a 69-year-old woman on March the 13th outside a U-Haul storage facility where he had been previously arrested for stealing a van in December of 2022. Oh, this guy seems to me to be doing everything he can to get back in the joint. But of course, New York won't put him there. He said to the woman he raped, if you don't do what I want, I'm going to kill you. Unbelievable. Why is he out on the street, Bruce? Because New York Governor Kathy Hochul passed the Less is More Act, which makes it harder to send criminals back to jail for violating their parole. So now we're passing laws. I always thought violating parole, bad thing. That's why we have parole officers. Why would you have a parole officer if violating your parole is not a bad thing? I don't know. But in New York City, they've made a law that makes it harder to send parole violators. We're not even debating whether they violated the parole. What we're debating is, is it really kind to send a parole violator back to court? Yeah. So he raped the 69-year-old woman. He stole a U-Haul van in December. Surely he is rotting in a cell at Rikers Island now. Yes, he is. But he'll be back in court on June the 28th, and he'll probably get out then. You know who's not in jail? None of the three teenagers from suburban Chicago, ages 17, 15, and 14, who stole a car, sound familiar, Columbus, and rammed it into 70-year-old father and grandfather Donald Carter, killing him. No, none of the three will be charged with anything above a misdemeanor. Well, at least they're consistent. It wasn't too long ago that I brought you the story of a six-month-old baby whose truck he was riding in was T-boned by two young kids under the age of 16 who were also speeding in a stolen car. They weren't charged with anything above a misdemeanor either. Murder is a misdemeanor if you are a minor in Cook County, Illinois. This story is a bit more curious than the normal today in wokeism story because 70-year-old Donald Carter is black. So is Robbins, Illinois police chief David Shepard. And so is Robbins, Illinois mayor Darren Bryant. So everybody in this story is black. So, on the intersectionality scale, you have to put at the top being a juvenile criminal. Because normally, if 70-year-old Donald Carter were killed by a police officer, that police officer would be in all kinds of trouble. But these teenagers are not in any kind of trouble. You know who is feeling the effects of this very unfortunate incident? Police Chief David Shepard, who is also black. What did a black police chief do to get fired by a black mayor in the aftermath of the death of a black senior citizen when his car was hit by three black youth 
in a vehicle they stole. What did the police chief do? (laughs) He continued to question the mayor about why the youth were not being charged with anything serious. And the mayor got so tired of it that he proposed moving the vehicles which were being held by the police chief as evidence in the case that the police chief hoped to be able to bring against the youth, but the mayor ordered the vehicles moved out of impound because he said they were blocking public works vehicles. The police chief contacted the public works director who said that was not true. The police chief said, you're going to corrupt the chain of evidence. The mayor said, move the vehicles anyway. Unreal. I mean, I read this story. When I first read the story, I thought, well, this poor, unfortunate murder victim. It is a murder if you steal a car and crash it into somebody and kill them. Second degree murder, at least. I thought for sure this dude had to be white. His life couldn't matter because, you know, I've been told black lives matter. Donald Carter's black. His life doesn't matter. Why? Oh, because he was killed by three teenagers stealing a car, which is not really a crime. It's not really a crime here in Columbus. It's not really a crime. In Chicago, it's not really a crime anywhere. Man, oh man. This story is, I feel so bad for Mr. Carter's family. I've watched videos of some of them, sisters, brothers, sons, talking about his death. He should be alive. His memory should be honored with stiff charges, life-altering charges. What do you think is going to happen to these three teenagers, 17, 15, and 14? You think they're going to say, well, whew. We really got away with one there. We better straighten up. We better behave ourselves. We better not get in trouble again. Is that what you think is going to happen? That is not going to happen. You know that's not going to happen. They're going to do what the kids here in Columbus are doing. I told you early in the show. We're at 60-plus murders for the year. Nine of them are juveniles. Eight of the nine. Eight of the nine juvenile murder victims in Columbus this year had a stolen car on their criminal record. Either they stole it or they were riding in it when they were arrested. But it's not a gateway crime. Kids don't escalate from small crimes to big crimes. Nobody gets hurt. Oh, wait. Let me quote accurately. Assistant Chief of Police Lashana Potts. Nobody cares about property crimes. That's what you keep saying. Nobody cares about property crimes. Well, Donald Carter's car is... uh, I guess, a property crime. It was totaled. He was inside it. He died. His sisters, his brothers, his children miss him. But are they doing anything in Cook County, Illinois, to honor his memory? No, they're not. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.